Welcome to Bible Studies for Life Adult Podcast. This is hosted each week by Chris Johnson and myself, Lynn Pryor. If you're new to this podcast, welcome. Welcome to the family. Because each week what we do in this podcast is we will overview and we will discuss one of the Bible study sessions uh, that's a part of the Bible Studies for Life uh, series. We are, we are starting a new study uh, this, this week. Uh, we're focusing on the prophecies leading up to the birth of Jesus. So the, the, ses- the unit is entitled Irrefutable Prophecies That Point Us to Jesus. So for the next six weeks, we're going to look at um, either Old Testament prophecies or prophecies that were made at the time of Jesus' birth, and then uh, see how uh, the story of Jesus' birth fulfills those Old Testament prophecies. So I think you'll enjoy this. One of the things I've discovered as a, as a pastor is that sometimes because we tell the story year after year, sure, we, we think, oh, they all, everybody knows this, but there's elements of the story and connecting it to the Old Testament that people kind of get, but this is an opportunity for us to connect some dots. So I'm excited about the study. And joining Chris and I for this uh, particular podcast is Rob Wilton. Rob, thank you for joining us for this podcast. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Rob is the writer yes, um, for these sessions. So we thank you for writing. You did an excellent job, and we're excited about having a chance to talk to you. One of the things that we've discovered from listening to those who listen to our podcast is they really enjoy these sessions when we have an opportunity to talk to the author. So welcome, Rob. Glad to have you with us. Hey, thanks so much. Rob is a church planter, uh, both in New Orleans and and currently he is in Pittsburgh uh, planting churches. He's part of our SEND network as well and uh, founding pastor of the uh, Vintage Church. So Rob, any, any blanks you want to fill in there for us? Yeah, no, that's, uh, of course, a quick summary of my, my ministry life. And uh, after getting married and surrendering to gospel ministry, my wife and I landed in New Orleans. And uh, it kind of sounds strange, but God used Hurricane Katrina to break our heart for the city and call us to plant a church in our living room in the heart of New Orleans and serve that church for well over a decade. Uh, it was a, a grind, man. We moved 13 locations in eight years. Kind of our, wow. our church slogan was we're a cool church. If you can find us. <laughs> and, uh, and then we merged with a, a church that uh, hadn't had a pastor for a number of years and uh, did a whole building project. And I was wrapping up my doctoral studies in church planning and the mm. Lord was planning seeds in my life of planting again. And uh, we finished that building. And that Sunday, the Lord clearly spoke to me that my assignment was there, done. And wow. we opened up our hands and together with our partnership with the North American Mission Board and the SEND Network, uh, God opened up a door in Pittsburgh. And so we've been up here for the last three years. And uh, it's been really incredible. God's doing some amazing things all across North America, but it's an honor to, to serve the Lord through planning in Pittsburgh. <laughs> wow. And I know as, as you will read your personal study guide, you will see Rob will tell some stories about his ministry and his life uh, that I, I think are very fascinating. But, but guys, let me jump us into this study. Uh, this, as, Rob, as Chris has said, we're looking at Old Testament prophecies, and we're going to see how it's fulfilled in the Christmas narrative. 
And this week, we're going to be starting with a passage in Isaiah 714. Uh, we're looking at this idea, the principle that God is with us. So let me just read this one verse, this prophecy. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. See, the virgin will conceive and have a son and name him Emmanuel. What captures your attention in this passage? So I'm glad that we started with this because this is kind of one of those most famous uh, prophecies. It's one that most people will say, oh, yeah, I've heard that before. The virgin will conceive and uh, his name will be called Emmanuel. So um, I think I think we're on on track to start with this, that um, uh, this is this is a prophecy that most people have heard. One thing we need to keep in mind with this prophecy, and this is going to sound unusual, especially with this one about a virgin birth, but the prophecies in the Old Testament had a, uh, as we think about Jesus, they had a, a certainly a fulfillment in Christ, but there's also a fulfillment that happened uh, generally at the time of the, the, that prophet, the, his contemporaries. So when we come to this, this prophecy here where it says the Lord himself will give you a sign, see the virgin will conceive, have a son, name him Emmanuel. For those of us with a Christian background or we grew up in the church, we see right away this has to do with Jesus. But I want you to understand there was also a fulfillment that happened during the time of, Ahaz, of, of Isaiah. Now, don't check me out yet. Let me finish this statement because I'm not saying <laughs> there were two virgin births. There was only one. There was only one. But the issue was, uh, and I'm going to borrow a little bit, uh, Rob, from what you, what you wrote here. This is Ahaz. Ahaz was the king at that time. Uh, they were under attack. And the people, the, the people of Judea, where they were terrified. So God offered to give Ahaz a sign that he was powerful enough to take care of their enemies. Ahaz didn't seem to think he needed God's help. So that's why he says, God says, well, I'm going to give you a sign anyway. The Lord himself will give you a sign. Now, in the Hebrew, when it says, see, the virgin will conceive and have a son, the Hebrew word for virgin would, would include certainly what, what we think of uh, in our American or our English as a virgin, a woman who's never had sexual encounter. But in the Hebrew, it would also include even a young woman, just more of it's more of a general term. For uh, Isaiah's time and his contemporaries, he was referring to there was going to be a virgin, a young woman, just a young woman. It could have been a married young woman who was going to have a child. That was going to be a sign for you. Now, let's put that now when it was translated from the Hebrew into the Greek, what was called the Septuagint. In case you're ever on Jeopardy, you want to know it's called the Septuagint. <laughs> In the I'm Greek, glad you're helping us out with our future Jeopardy. Uh, <laughs> there you go. When it was translated from the Hebrew into the Greek, the word virgin, it was translated to use the very specific word virgin as in the sense of a woman who's never had a sexual encounter. And that is what it's meant when it refers to Jesus. So let me be clear. There is only one true virgin birth. There was a birth of, from a young woman in Isaiah's time. But it ultimately points to the virgin birth through Mary. Which is ultimately, you know, the, this beautiful, miraculous story of Christmas that every year we celebrate. Uh, this prophecy is pointing to something that's beyond mankind's ability to provide. And that's beyond, you know, anything that this world has to provide. And this prophecy points to this virgin birth. And even at the time, you know, the, 
the, I think I put that the, the whole faithless house of David, uh, right? Uh, isn't it amazing that even our faithlessness, God is faithful. <laughs> right. And God keeps providing a way. And I think this prophecy uh, speaks to how amazing God is and the promises that he's laid out to bring about redemption for the world uh, in our um, sin and in our depravity, you know? In our groups, one of the questions that we ask people to consider uh, discussing is just the significance. What, why is it significant that Jesus' birth was foretold hundreds of years before it happened? So the fact that it happened is miraculous enough, right. but, that the, but that the prophet uh, foretold it hundreds of years, that's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, yeah the trustworthiness of God, right? Yep. The trustworthiness of God. I was just talking with a teacher uh, in my church this past weekend and after church, you know, my, my overarching theme in the book of Acts, we were talking about how great God is <laughs> and, and how amazing God is and how we can trust God. And she just came up to me and she said, you know what? I don't know if it was this COVID season that changed the way in which kids think or I don't know what's going on, but man, I've been so down and I've been so discouraged. And it was just so important for me to remember that although it might seem at certain points that there's hopelessness, that this world's falling apart, God and his promises are faithful. And I can, I can lift up my head in this season and trust uh, what God, you know, has put in place. And, and you're right. The miracle of the virgin birth is powerful enough but how amazing is it that years and years and years before it happened, this thing was predicted and prophesied. Uh, it, it just speaks to this absolute truth of God's word and uh, the, the hope of the gospel that it brings to, to the world. You know, it's true. And it's it's like it's not that, Je that God just thought of this at the last minute and says, you know, hey, what? I think I'll send Jesus to earth. Right. This has been part of his plan, and it's all planned not just to give us Christmas, but ultimately to give us Easter. That he wants to bring us that place of the cross and the resurrection. Uh, that, that's all part of his, his divine plan. I think for those who are struggling with trusting today, right? We, we've got to get our, our, our eyes back on uh, not the wind and the waves, the one who controls the wind and the waves. We, we really do. We've got to lift up our, our head and, and look higher, right? And sure. uh, I, give a, I give an illustration for this first session of uh, one example of my earthly father, who's a pastor, Dr. Don Wilton. He's pastor of First Baptist Spartanburg, South Carolina. And uh, man, I had a great dad that, that kept his promises, but I, I hope he doesn't listen to this podcast <laughs> he, he didn't always keep his promises and he's not a perfect dad. Uh, I am thankful for an example that you'll read about of, uh, of my earthly father keeping his promise, but man, isn't it great to know that we have a heavenly father that uh, will always keep his promise. And this prophecy uh, all the way back in Isaiah uh, was fulfilled when God makes a promise, he delivers, right? right. He certainly does. And, uh, we can always keep on that. And so what we see as we move from Isaiah, we move several hundred years, we're moving into Matthew, 
Matthew's gospel. And we're going to see now how God carried that out. He, he didn't just prophesy it. He actually fulfilled it. And uh, we're going to be in Matthew chapter one, uh, but we're going to in Matthew, the difference between Matthew and Luke is Matthew, you see the Christmas story, the birth of Jesus from Joseph's perspective, whereas in Luke, you see it from Mary's perspective. But let's pick up in verse 18. The birth of Jesus Christ came about this way. After his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant from the Holy Spirit. So her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. I appreciate Lynn, your reminder that this is this is the story from Joseph's perspective. It may be that um, as you talk this week, you, you may talk a little bit about Luke one so that you see what the encounter was with Mary, uh, with the angel, um, because, I mean, in, in very quick summary, Joseph, the angel tells Matthew tells the story and lets us know that. This is what happened in, in Joseph's response because um, of his deep commitment and, and faithfulness to God uh, was going to just handle these things uh, in the most non-offensive way um, possible uh, so that Mary wouldn't be heard. So we see a little bit of the character of Joseph as we look at this uh, story from his perspective. Yeah, I think it's truly amazing when you do look at this uh, from Joseph's perspective and uh, all the pressures that were on him from just society and, uh, you know, this miracle being one that honestly can't be explained according to how the world thinks and even uh, the, the certain pressures that came with consequences of, uh, you know, getting pregnant out of wedlock and how much he loved Mary, but Man, what a powerful thing to see how much uh, Joseph's character and, and trusting of God himself uh, kind of took over and, um, you know, remained faithful to this great plan of God. And, and then as we shared, looking at that Isaiah passage and, and then seeing this in Matthew 1, I mean, praise God, it happened, right? This, sure. this prophecy happened. Uh, Mary is, you know, pregnant by the Holy Spirit and bringing about this savior of the world. Yeah, we, we have, as you've pointed out here, we have Joseph's obedience. I mean, he's really going to, he's righteous. He wants to do the right thing. Now, we're talking before he had this, this dream that it was revealed to him that this was God's work. Yet he still wanted to be obedient to God. Yet when God revealed himself, he added to his righteousness. He added that idea, that, that obedience. Okay, I'm going to do this knowing it was going to be a hard road for him to go down. You, you know, the, the, the town gossip, the, the kind of the talking about him and Mary, and uh, it was still had to be a rough road, but he still was obedient to God in that. And the, this story, again, to kind of keep us aligned with the whole prophecy, this um, a, a question that we ask is, how have you experienced God keeping his promises? Because ultimately that's what's going on here. God made a promise through Isaiah and in the coming of Jesus through Mary and Joseph, he's going to keep his promise. And uh, it's sort of like what you talked about, Rob. We, we need those reminders in our lives that God is faithful and that we can trust him. And, and a lot of times God does 
lay out these promises in our lives, but we have a responsibility um, to uh, also obey where God calls us to obey in order to truly experience and, and um, live out these promises or these blessings that God uh, pours out to us. And I think Joseph is an inspiration to all of us in um, holding uh, to God's promise and being faithful to what God tells him to do. Well, let's look a moment. Let's take a moment. Look at what the angel had revealed to Joseph. And you're going to see this in verse 20 uh, after he had pondered these things of, you know, wanting to divorce her, do it quietly, uh, to do it right. An angel appeared to them in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. What has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son. You're to name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Now, that was pretty powerful right there. But he goes on and says, now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. And we go right back to that prophecy from Isaiah 7. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, God with us. I'm grateful that in the Matthews passage in this version, that we're given the interpretation of Emmanuel. When Isaiah made the promise in, in Isaiah 7, he just said, you name him Emmanuel. Right. And he's and, given us the interpretation. Of that. yeah, That's, that's a good yeah. point. So, so to know that Emmanuel means God with us, it's just amazing that, once again, the God of the Old Testament, who in the New Testament says the same thing, I will always be with you. I will never leave you or, or forsake you. Uh, it's fulfilling that with Jesus coming as Emmanuel, who is God with us. Yeah, I think that is so powerful, uh, especially today. Look, I live in Pittsburgh. It's a very religious city. Mm -hmm. And uh, for most people, uh, they believe that uh, they're the ones to initiate, right, in order to experience God in their life. Uh, but everywhere I go, I try and proclaim this gospel, uh, which was spoken about in Isaiah chapter 7, that uh, Emmanuel, right? God is coming to us. God is with us. We don't go to God. He comes to us. And what a beautiful thing to know that uh, although we can't, Jesus did. And because Jesus did, now we can. And this beautiful uh, description, I love Matthew as well, where it says, which means God with us, this God of the Old Testament coming uh, through Jesus Christ to mankind uh, to bring salvation to the world. It's just beautiful. So that's good news um, when we hear it in the gospel. But but and I think you, it just sounds like you're really good at doing this, Rob. It's it's really good news for the believers in our church, the people who are going to be doing this study in groups um, for them to talk about this reality and the significance of what it means that God is present with us, right. not just in the birth of Jesus, but that he's present with us now. And I think we should all be reminded of the amazing presence of God. You know, uh, once again, I shared earlier, we're going through the, uh, the book of Acts right now. And the, the main character of the book of Acts, I hate to say it, it's not the church, it's the Holy Spirit. Right. <laughs> and, and uh, the Holy Spirit is God, but he is also a person that longs to speak to us, encourage us, comfort us, 
challenge us. And I think to be reminded this Christmas season that God is with us, that his presence is here. uh, It's just an amazing thing for us to spend some time thinking about and enjoying, right? Enjoying. That's, That's it. Not just thinking about somebody, man, actually enjoying the presence of God in our lives. So, Lynn, I can't help it. Uh, this is typically what you do. But in a, in a, a few weeks, uh, we're going to do a study uh, in the summer about the Holy Spirit. So we will we will come back to this, the significance of uh, the person and the work of the Holy Spirit uh, in, in, in a six week study. Rob and Chris, thank you for your insights as we've talked about uh, this, this particular prophecy. Emmanuel, God with us. Uh, if you lead a group, let me just encourage you with this one thing. Uh, as, as we've been talking, we're going to be talking about this passage or this uh, Christmas narrative for six weeks. Even as we come past actual December 25th, we're going to continue looking at some of these rich passages. So here's my caution for you. This first Sunday, don't tell everything about the full story. For instance, in a, in a few weeks, in fact, Rob's going to be back with us in a few weeks. Uh, and at that particular time, we're going to talk about this same event when the angel came to Mary. So f- keep your focus this week on Joseph at his encounter. And then in a few weeks, we're going to look at it from, from a Mary's perspective and see that. So that way you can kind of, we really want to look at this, this one uh, diamond of a story, kind of look at it from the different facets of it. So uh, so have a have a enjoyable ride as we go through the Christmas narrative, looking at it from different prophecies and different perspectives. Rob, thanks for being with us today. We look forward to you being with us again in a couple of weeks. Thanks so much, guys. And we thank you for listening to the podcast. And uh, we will be here each week. So I hope you will join us next week as we continue our study of Irrefutable. <laughs>